1: my seven chakras episode 99 when you realize that no one
2: else on this earth can be like you that no other soul can know the beauty the sorrow the light and the darkness that you alone are given to see then you will no longer want to be like anyone else on this earth you will at last be the fearless individual that your heart of hearts has called you to be Your host,
1: Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, Action Takers? AJ here, founder and host of My7Chakras, your hub for insights, advice, and tips that will help you transform your life. Action Takers, today is our 99th episode, and we are just one episode away from our golden 100. And there's one thing that I've learned on this journey. It would definitely be the difference between skills and skills. And mindset. You can have all the skills needed to get from point A to point B. But if you don't have the mindset to get there, it's going to be a really challenging task. On the other hand, if you don't currently have the skills required to get to your goal, but you have the right mindset, you're inspired, you're motivated, you're charged up every single day, and you will find a way no matter what to get to point B. My point is that you need to work out your inspirational muscle every single day. Just like you work out your muscles at the gym. And in order to help you do that, I've got a gift for you. Out of the 98 interviews that we've had so far, I've handpicked for you 27 of the most inspiring quotes that have been shared on air. And I want to send it to you free of cost so that you can read them every day, get inspired and take massive Action. Now to download your gift, visit my7chakras.com 27download. That's my S-E-V-E-N-C-H-A-K-R-A-S dot com slash 27download. And action takers, today I am excited to bring you our featured guest for today, Guy Finlay. So Guy, are you ready to inspire? Yes, I am. (laughs) Wonderful. So Guy Finley is the best-selling author of The Secret of Letting Go, The Secret of Your Immortal Self, and 40 other books and audio programs that have sold millions of copies worldwide. Guy is director of Life of Learning Foundation in Merlin, Oregon. So Guy, I've given our listeners a mini intro, but take about a minute and tell us a bit more about you. Well, let's
2: see, AJ. I don't know exactly what I would say in one minute, other than my life has been a a wonderful journey, a journey of discovery, which was always put before all other concerns, and that uh, I have not one complaint, not one thing that I would change about my journey as I reach uh, my late 60s. Only the wish that uh, whatever began this journey for me, within me, should grow stronger, and that The journey never end, not even when I depart this body, when the time comes.
1: Well, thanks a lot for that intro. And Guy, I'm really looking forward to learning more about your journey, about your insights and about your story. But before that, just like a car needs some ignition for building momentum, our show needs some inspirational ignition to build momentum and inspire our listeners. And the way we do that is through an inspirational quote. So what is your favorite inspirational quote? And give us an example of how you apply this quote in your life.
2: Well, here is the the quotation. It's from actually from the back of one of my books called The Courage to be Free. And it goes as follows. When you realize that no one else on this earth can be like you, that no other soul can know the beauty, the sorrow, The light and the darkness that you alone are given to see, then you will no longer want to be like anyone else on this earth. You will at last be the fearless individual that your heart of hearts has called you to be. That's the quotation.
1: Mm -hmm. And how does this quote apply to your life?
2: I was born, AJ, into a very successful show business family. As a matter of fact, my father was the Time Magazine man of the decade in his uh, profession in the entertainment industry. So I was raised with the sons and daughters of all the show business elite. You know, there's the familiar Rat Pack, at least for those who are older, you know, the Sinatras, the Martins, the Minnellis, the Sam D- Davis Jr., all those people. Well, their children were my running mates. Mm-hmm. But from the earliest age, A.J., and I'm talking six or seven years old, I realized that something was terribly missing. Something was not quite right. And this was in spite of all that I was being given. And it just gradually dawned on me that there was a great disparity that I could see, even though at that age, I couldn't put my finger on it, that why should men and women with so many gifts, so much influence, so much possession and social power why should they be afraid? Why should they be anxious? Why should they be dysfunctional in terms of addictions and other compulsive behaviors? And like I said, as a child, there was no way I could even begin to understand this, but it rubbed me. I could feel the pain. And from that age, I wanted to understand this contradiction between what I saw in the world, where people should have been uh, unbelievably complete and content Versus this dearth, this missing happiness. And so for me, it meant that I had to begin a journey that for most individuals looking on my life seemed to be a great mistake. Why would I, for instance, retire from the music business? I had a very successful music career, uh, AJ. First white soft rock artist, my partner and I, ever to sign with Motown Records. I had a number of hits, music that I wrote for motion pictures and TV. But by the time I was 27 years old, it was all so empty. I didn't know what to make of it. And so I just quit and I started traveling. I went around the world, went to find someone I hoped that would help me make sense of this contradiction that I experienced in my heart and mind that I could not resolve through any uh, means known to me. And so my, my quote, the opening quote, that no one on this earth can be like you, it means that within you, listeners, there is something that is not intended to be a copy of anything. Mm -hmm. You're not supposed to model yourself after anyone. There is no one on this earth like you. But in order to understand that and to find the real wealth of a nature that cannot be dragged down because of some contrary condition – You have to go through the process of discovering yourself. And that is the work that I do. And that has been
1: my journey. Well, thanks a lot for that powerful quote. Action takers, you are unique. Action takers, your strengths, your challenges, your obstacles are all unique and it is yours. They are yours. So don't be someone else's version. Be you. Ask yourself, what is my story? And Guy, I noticed that... uh, as a kid as well, you had friends and people in your circle who were really influential from uh, very uh, you know, powerful families, and you noticed that uh, they were afraid. Even uh, on the outside, they seemed complete. You noticed that something was amiss, and you asked yourself, why should they be afraid? And that sort of made you go on this journey. My question really is, what inspired you to write the book, The Secret to Your Immortal Self?
2: Well, part of the journey and part of what we're talking about right now, you and I, Mm -hmm. that the listeners are sharing, is this idea that within us, AJ, lives a higher order of ourself, a higher nature. We all know this by some name, some tradition that introduces us to the the fact that in us lives an intelligence, a wisdom, a courage, a kindness that is not subject to to the whims of passing time or the way that people treat us and we know that it's there but only in an indirect fashion most of us recognize that we miss the mark only after we've done so then we're filled with regrets then we make plans to be a different kind of person but for me I was tired of trying to figure out what to do after I got hurt or depressed or angry I wanted to know what it was in me that allowed that condition to appear and what was possible for me to be proactive inwardly so that I could find the part of myself that would no longer be punished by anyone or anything in this life in terms of something being stripped away. So the book, The Secret of Your Immortal Self, is a book of essays that helps the reader remember that within himself or herself, lives a nature that is timeless, that is intelligent, and that is waiting for you and I to become aware of its presence that is always with us. Once we realize the need to awaken to this higher nature, and then begin to put that need before a lot of other things that interfere with the only thing that can complete us, then we begin to grow into that relationship, and our life changes in the true affirmative sense.
1: Wonderful. So you mentioned that in us lives a higher order of ourself. And your book really helps them remember that within us is that nature that is timeless. And based on my interaction with our action takers, many of them are experiencing a shift at this point. They're getting these nudges from the universe that they are here for a particular reason. But usually it's just a glimpse followed then by the daily pattern of life. So how do we consciously and voluntarily get in touch with the immortal self within us?
2: It's a real phenomena, AJ, because what you've said is 100% accurate. Mm -hmm. We have each and every one of us a certain feeling that we are here for something special to experience and bring into our lives conditions that the present World in terms of our relationship with it are not able, uh, at least as we understand it, to to bring us to that fruition. Mm -hmm. So what we have to do, uh, I have a little saying that truth is a full contact sport. That if we want to know the truth of ourselves, we're going to have to agree to be a thousand percent honest with ourselves. As an example, and this is from my own life, the path that I was on that many men and women, arguably, in fact, they argued against my choices, would have would wish they had. I had become a very successful songwriter. I had an album on Motown. I was working with Neil Diamond, and I wasn't happy. Now, the reason I wasn't happy wasn't because I wasn't being given the awards. I had a home in Malibu. I had all the trappings. But for me, AJ, that's what they were. I realized that I started down the road as a composer because I loved music. I still love music. But somehow my love of music got me mired into a system where instead of writing because I loved to, now I was writing because I had to. I had to support the horses, the tennis court. I had to support the, the my lifestyle. And honestly, AJ, I felt that I had become a slave of the very thing that I had entered into to set me free. And I realized at that point, that as great as it was to be what the world would call a successful human being, it wasn't the success I was looking for, but I didn't know it until I found it. And so when I say that we must be honest with ourselves, we must recognize that what we love, without a doubt, will bring us gradually into a host of relationships with people, with professions, with all, all of the things that we're drawn to, but that we're drawn to these things not to complete ourselves through the things we're drawn to, but to discover the nature within us that draws us to those relationships so that gradually we can hone, perfect, um, better understand ourselves. Life is a process of revelation, AJ, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. not acquisition, revelation. And there's no moment in our lives when... If we're awake to ourselves, aware of ourselves, life is not revealing to us the qualities, the characteristics in ourselves that have brought us that far into the moment with whatever relationship we're with and in. The recognition that this relationship, as full as it is, is still not filling my heart, isn't the denial of what I've done. It is really the the gradual negation of one level of myself as the invitation into a new and higher level of myself. I hope that makes sense.
1: It does, it does. In fact, uh, thanks a lot for that uh, clarification. Action takers, we got to be 100% honest with ourselves. No matter where we are in life, we need to take a step back, see the whole truth and ask ourselves, is this the life that we want? And making that decision is really critical. Uh, And I love that you made the point between had to and what you really wanted to do. And it all boils down to the fact that we need to be really honest with ourselves and ask ourselves, is this what we want? It's never too late, action takers, but you need to ask yourself at this point. Now, taking this further, for someone who is new to the world of self-discovery, once the person has had that honest moment, Has probably written down what he or she wants from life and whether he or she is getting it at this point in time. What is the second step that someone has to take to make that shift from the familiar daily routine to self transformation?
2: Well, I'll put it to you in in a couple different ways. Number one, uh, don't lie to yourself about the way you feel about your life. We're in a world, AJ, where the social pressures are so great. I mean, we are, each and every one of us, brought up into a world where we are taught by everything around us that we are only as valuable as others see us to be. And that's a terrible, terrible trap. Mm-hmm. Because as long as I'm living my life so that you see me the way I think you, you should or that I want to be seen, that means I'm not serving my true nature. I'm serving a nature that belongs to something that says that I have to uh, compromise myself so that you will think i 'm worthwhile mm-hmm. that's not that's not a that 's not how we get happy so the second step, if you want to use words, is we have to when we 're honest with ourselves, get more honest and then risk it and what does risk it mean? It means that when I gradually recognize That the road I'm on cannot possibly do anything other than circle itself, even though everything in me is promising that this path will take me to the next level. After I've gone around and around for however long it is that one goes around and around, one realizes, oh my God, I have to step off this path. And at that point, everything that has been walking you down that road in you is going to say, oh, you can't do that. Oh, that's too dangerous. Mm -hmm. What will people think of you? What if this and what if that? You're going to lose what precious little you have if you risk that. But when it is perfectly clear through your capacity to observe yourself honestly, you will know by the grace of the immortal part of yourself that there's no choice left for you other than to risk it. And I promise you this, when you understand that and see it completely, you cannot lose. What you will lose is the part of yourself that kept making the circle that went nowhere. And what you will find is a new order of yourself that isn't afraid of making changes.
1: Mm -hmm. Love that. You spoke about getting in touch with our inner feelings. That's the next step, action takers. Get in touch with your inner feelings, not based on what society, your friends or family think about who you are, but your true feelings and then risk it. Don't dip your toes in the water like you're sitting by the river and just feeling how it would feel to be inside that white water. Jump right in into the white waters of life because you will learn to swim along the way. So thanks a lot for that. You mentioned this before. But based on what I've read about you, I know that you were born into a successful show business family. Early on you've enjoyed successes, including composing award-winning music for many popular artists, including Diana Ross, the Jackson Phi, Billy Preston, the Four Seasons, as well as writing the scores for several motion pictures and TV shows. So was there an incident or a moment that made you transition from that work to the work that you're currently doing? Let's hear that story. <laughs>
2: Well, there was a lot of them actually, AJ, but I'll I'll give you one of them. And this is a true story. I write about it. Uh, I hide the characters in the book in The Secret of Letting Go. But uh, in those days, my partner, Tony Martin Jr. and I, we were freshly signed with Motown Records. And we were, as part of a new direction meaning that they were going to start bringing white people into their roster. Tony and I were a little bit of a celebrity ourselves mm-hmm. in that world. And Mr. Gordy, Barry Gordy, he, he had very widely, uh, uh, known parties. You know, the, the people wanted to go like they used to wanted to go to Hugh to Hefner's, uh, playboy mansion. They wanted to go to Mr. Gordy's parties. So this was my first, uh, uh, time up to Mr. Gordy's house at a party. And uh, I remember very distinctly uh, speaking at that point with the vice president of Motown right there in the living room of the party and asking her again, you know, gee, when, when are we going to get the the big moment where we see Motown throw all of its weight behind us and we move from uh, a level of success to to real stardom, and I was asking her, you know, when when will the power show up? And she basically promised me very soon. Don't worry about it. And I said okay. And then to make a long story short, I watched her walk into a side room with Mr. Gordy, uh, and I, being a nosy, snoopy, bad person, followed secretly and listened to their conversation. (laughs) And what do you think she was asking Mr. Gordy other than, Mr. Gordy, when are you going to move me into a position of more power so that I can become the star that I know I'm meant to be? Mm. And I swear this is true. I followed Mr. Gordy, who outside on the deck by the pool was sitting with the CEO of one of the largest uh, entertainment corporations that dwarfed Motown in those days, and what do you think he was asking the executive that he was talking to? The exact same thing. And with God as my witness, AJ, I got sick to my stomach. I felt an amazing sense of loss that evening. At the at the height, you understand in scale, at that point I'm sitting there with Diana Ross and Stevie and Marvin. I mean, you know, all these superstars, and suddenly I couldn't feel more alone and lost. And do you, and why? Because I realized in that moment, no one has the power they pretend to have. Everybody is looking to someone or something else for power, which means that if I'm looking to someone, something outside of myself, to put me in a position where I'm feeling happy and strong and confident in myself, I'm looking at something that doesn't have what I'm looking to it for. And that was a major moment in, in helping me realize that it wasn't that music wasn't my love and that at that point I wouldn't pursue the career because I did. But I knew in that moment, and it was a, kind of a, one of the straws on the camel's back, that if I was going to find the kind of success I wanted, which was to be a fearless, kind, patient, and gentle human being, I was going to have to find it out within myself and not through someone else.
1: I love the story. I noticed that you had boldly asked this question, when will you get that full support from Motown? But then you noticed something later on the success ladder of how everyone was really dependent on the other for power, power from outside, not from within. And that made you change. Now, as people head towards their destiny, one of the things that holds them back is their past. And that's what I've noticed through my conversations with a lot of our listeners as well. Something that they cannot change, but something that stays in the memory like a bad dream. And one of the points that you make in your book is that we have the power to change our past. And I think many people listening to the show right now would like to do just that. Change a painful past. So what is that power and how do we use it? I'll I'll explain it through
2: a kind of a little story and you can be the advocate for the listeners. Okay. Sure. If suddenly I gave you $5,000 and I said, AJ, I'm giving you this money because I want you to go to this uh, museum where there's some very special art for sale. I want you to go there and pick the, the, the the painting that is that you, that you want the most. And you said, that's fabulous guy. And you went there and then you walked around. And then at some point, Hey AJ, you saw on the wall a painting that when you looked at it, it filled you with a certain fear, a kind of loneliness, an apprehension, and actually kind of made you sick to your stomach just looking at it. Would, would you take that painting and put it on your bedroom wall so that every morning when you got up, that was the first thing you looked at? Does that make any sense at all? No way. No way. Then why, listeners? when certain moments unfold, do I look at a picture, an image, that my own consciousness calls up, that when I see it, I experience the sense of inadequacy, I feel my own lack of value, I get sick because I remember where I fell down and failed? Why in God's name would I look at an image like that, and then listen to this, and looking at an image of failure and feeling the pain actually stand before it and derive my identity from the sensation of myself that it's giving me. I would never do it consciously, which means that in that moment, in any moment where suddenly I am imprisoned by the past, it's because there is a part of me, and this is to the heart of all of my work, that I do not know is secretly set against me. There are parts of us that want to continue themselves at the cost of our possibilities. They will, in necessary moments, and necessary meaning that they remain in charge of us, bring up all kinds of thoughts and feelings, images that were created in the past where I failed, I lost, I didn't succeed, and they will invite me, I call it revisit the scene of the crime, to look at these images. And to derive my identity from not wanting to be that anymore. It's very tricky. It brings up something that when I look at it, I go, oh no. And I believe the part of me that says, oh no, really doesn't want to be what I'm looking at. But that nature brings it up so that I can identify with it and be imprisoned by it. Waking up is how we break up the influence the past has over us.
1: So action takers, the best life lessons are shared through stories, metaphors and similes. And Guy has just dropped as a value bomb. If you don't like the painting that you once bought, that is your past, don't keep that image at home, where you are going to look at it every single day. Because if you always think about your past, you automatically feel like you did in the past. And that's not what you want. You have that choice, take away that painting and get the painting that you really want. So thanks a lot for sharing.
2: A.J., I must add this. It isn't really you. It's not your true self that remembers that image, that Mm -hmm. brings it up. It belongs to a part of ourself that we are asleep to. Otherwise, we would never stand before a painting that drags us into the dirt when we look at it. So we must remember our first task is to be aware of the fact that there's something that is unaware of what it's doing in us. Our awareness of this unaware part is what allows us to regain power over its false influences.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, Guy, I know that you are a master of practical spirituality with an emphasis on practicality, and you teach your readers methods that they can put to use right away to start proving to themselves that there is really a deeper aspect to themselves. So for someone listening to the show right now who really wants to take action, wants to build some momentum and make a change, is there a simple and actionable method that you would like to share with our listeners?
2: Certainly, but let me uh, add a caveat. We are, as men and women, interested in being the most successful version of ourselves that we have been created to be. We are asked to understand that our what we do is downstream from what we are, so that I cannot change what I do. I cannot change my experience until I change what I am. Otherwise, if I don't change what I am, then it doesn't matter what I do, because that nature that I presently am, the one that's afraid of mistakes, the one that won't risk it, the one that won't be honest, All it's going to do is to continue to seed itself into my life, and I'm going to continually reincarnate at all levels that nature. So with that in mind, the exercise is one which changes our nature before it changes what we do. The exercise I call stop, drop, and endure. You can write the three words down. Stop, drop, and endure. And we'll put it in relationship to the idea we just had that we are Consistently uh, made a victim of a certain part of our own nature that wants to continue the sense of self that it has developed over all these years, and that it will do so at the expense of a new awareness of ourselves that isn't limited by past uh, mistakes, past characteristics. So, the first part something happens. I am invited to maybe be the leader of a new uh, work group in my business. I see an opportunity uh, with a friend, a relationship with someone that I'd like to take to the next step, whatever it may be for you. I'd like to learn a new language. I'd like to learn a little bit more about what Guy and AJ are talking about. (laughs) (laughs) And the minute that that thought passes through my mind, which is an attraction developed and brought forward by a right part of us that knows we're meant to grow, in that moment it is met by something that does not want you to grow which means it doesn't want you to know that it's in charge of your life. In that moment, I come to a stop. I feel the little bit of angst, the stress, that fear grip me. It's what I call the contraction. At the onset of that contraction, I realize that that contraction, that immediate stress is the presence of this lower nature trying to step in and make choices for me. I come to a dead stop. I realize I must now bring all of my attention and awareness into the present moment. That's what the next part, drop, means. To stop and drop means now my choice is not to prove that I'm brave. It is not to try and find a path as being offered to me by my thoughts and feelings. It is to drop all of the thoughts and feelings that have appeared with that stress. Because those thoughts and feelings are there as part of the false nature to bring me back into the loop. AJ, would you ask a shark to lead you out of the ocean if you fell into the water?
1: Not in a million years.
2: And nor would a conscious human being ask a fearful thought and feeling that's pretending to be a friendly dolphin to help you Mm -hmm. out of a fearful situation. So stop. Come to a stop. Wide awake. Drop see all these thoughts and feelings that are now beginning first to talk to you gently. Yeah, but you could this and you could that. And then if you don't identify with any of them, they will pick up their interior volume and you'll start to become conscious of the parts that have put you in captivity. And then the last part is endure. And can you guess what that part means, AJ?
1: Is to just bask in The state they're in and not change.
2: It means that you are going to have to let these thoughts and feelings go by. Do we have time for me to tell you a quick story? Yes, we do. Yeah. Here's what it means to endure when we have decided that we're going to drop these thoughts and feelings. Here's a a, a good way of looking at it. A young woman who loved nature was somewhere in the southwest uh, exploring one of the beautiful canyons that had been carved out over the millennia by the flash floods and the uh, the very stark environment. And she wanders into a particular uh, entrance of one of these deep ravines, doesn't notice the sign that says um, Canyon of No Exit. And meanwhile, a couple miles away, sitting in his tower, a ranger is looking through his glasses to make sure that everything is copacetic in the park, and he sees the girl go into the park, he into the canyon. He also sees that in the distance, there's a thunderstorm that he knows she can't see because she's too deep in the canyon, and he also knows that within five minutes, a flash flood is going to come ripping through that canyon, and she's going to be killed by the flood and the debris. He jumps in his Jeep. He races to try to get to her, to tell her to get out of the canyon, But he just gets to the point where he could yell down to her when comes roaring through the canyon, all of this churning, sandy, debris-choked water. It's 15 feet high. There's not a prayer, and he knows it. And he thinks to himself, oh, my God, another victim of a flash flood. And then, A.J., he sees something that he can't believe. She's standing there, at first unaware of her situation, and she looks up and she sees the raging debris-choked waters coming at her. The next thing he knows, she says something. He can't hear it because of the thunderous noise. And the waters, when they get to her feet, part just like Moses parting the Red Sea and everything runs around her and leaves her standing there dry. When he gets to her, he says, I've never seen a miracle like that before. What happened? What did you say that made the waters and all that Uh, debris run around you. And she says, oh, that was nothing. He said, oh, that was something. She says, all I said was, you go on without me. That's what we have to learn to say to, to all of these thoughts and feelings that are threatening us, that if we don't do what they tell us we must do in order to continue being who we've been, to be safe and secure, that's what we must say to anything that threatens us, any thought or feeling that comes seemingly to carry us to a new destination, when in truth, it's come to carry us away so that we can go through a series of recurring events and never change the kind of person we are.
1: Well, thanks a lot for those powerful tips. Stop, drop and endure. We're definitely going to have that in the show notes. And action takers to access the show notes for this episode, visit my7chakras.com slash 99. That's my7chakras.com slash 99. Stand up to your obstacles and do something about them. You will find that they don't have half the strength you think they had. This is a powerful thought by Norman Vincent Peale. And action takers, the first time you come across a challenge, it surely feels overwhelming and unconquerable. But when you allow that to sink in, when you give it some time, when you really think it through, you realize as this quote states, that the obstacle doesn't have half the strength you once thought it had. But remember to do something about them and not just ignore your obstacles. So guy, take us back to a time when you faced a major challenge. How did you tackle the challenge? And then how did you overcome it?
2: Well, first, and of course, with all due respect to Mr. Peel, I don't think he would mind if I clarified what that means half the power.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Listeners, you might want to write this down. The only thing that stands in your way in any given moment is what you have yet to understand about yourself. No moment in life has any more power then you lend to it. Which means if I run into something that seems greater than my capacity to transcend it, I've merely run into something in myself that has made that moment into a Goliath, into something that seems greater than my ability to transcend it, when the truth is, all I'm looking at in that moment is something that I want from that moment but that I don't understand that, and this is a little deep, my resistance to the moment can't exist without what I fear that moment may take from me. My resistance to the moment, an example, my resistance to uh, being seen uh, as someone not worthy of being approved of. What power does any man or woman have over me other than I think They have power to do something for me. So I sell myself instead of reclaiming myself in that moment. So, to understand when I meet a moment that I don't want, all I'm meeting is a moment inside of myself that I don't understand. And the more I learn to understand myself, the more every moment in life serves me. My definition, AJ, of a fearless life is the recognition that whatever happens to us, happens to us for the good of us because anything that happens to us comes as a possibility of teaching us the truth about ourselves and the truth is nothing can stand in our way when we realize that within us is an unstoppable nature because it can outgrow any condition
1: it meets Mm -hmm. so is there a particular time or a particular story about when you faced a major challenge that you could share with us?
2: Sure. Uh, very few people know this, and, and deliberately so. But uh, about, I, I don't know, maybe nine years ago, I was diagnosed with cancer. It w- it's never been publicized because I didn't, A, want anybody to know, and B, because it doesn't change anything for anyone else to know about my personal life. But when I was diagnosed with vocal cord cancer, I had a moment where I thought, well, why would life want to take from me the, the the means of my communication? I've made my living, and I don't mean living financially. I've been alive because I'm able to speak of these things. I don't speak to live. I live to speak, to talk about truthful principles. And that afternoon, sitting there, being flooded by the same flood that girl in the ravine met, thoughts and feelings coming along, telling me what's going to happen, painting every possible dark picture that could be painted, I, by the grace of God, realized, and that's because of all that we've been talking about, meaning this work, I realized, you know what? Anything that can be taken from me, that I think I can't live without, should be taken from me. And the reason that I came to that feeling of agreeing with what life had brought to my door is because to fight with life, to try to, I have a saying, write this down, listeners, do what is in your power to do, refuse to do what is not. Do what is in your power to do, refuse to do what is not. It was not in my power at that moment of being diagnosed to change the diagnosis. It was in my power to allow the event to reveal to me a very deep part of all of us that believes that our life as we are actually depends upon something outside of ourselves when it doesn't. Our life is given to us from the inside out, AJ. That doesn't mean that I didn't take immediate action once I got past the fear to begin exploring what I needed to explore to make the possible changes in my lifestyle, my diet, to find the proper prognosis and prescription, the path I would have to take to finally get to a point where I am now cancer-free. But we have these moments. That's a dramatic one where life throws us a curve. And usually we think all we can do is swing at the ball that's thrown to us when the fact of the matter is the wisest thing to do is to step out of the game altogether long enough to understand what 's actually at stake? I realize it 's a challenging metaphor, but it 's the best one that I can give you because I learned more from that moment and a host of others just like it than I could have learned in a thousand experiences where instead of regretting and fighting with life, I agreed to let life I agreed to let life illuminate me instead of me trying to dominate the moment with my fearful thoughts and feelings.
1: Mm-hmm. So looking back now, in just one sentence, what is that one major life lesson that you have in store for our listeners based on the story?
2: The limit of your present view is not the limit of your possibilities
1: mhm well thanks a lot for sharing this story with us you mentioned that you were diagnosed with vocal cancer and as a person who loves speaking sharing and inspiring others using your voice i'm sure that it must have been really hard but at that point you realized this do what is in your power to do and refuse what is not i think that's powerful and we'll have that in the show notes as well now as you learn to look at your challenges and obstacles in an entirely new way, action takers, you begin to feel like a new you. You'll learn new skills, you'll collaborate with some awesome people, and you'll inspire many others around you. But beware of the ego that always is lying deep in your subconscious, waiting to jump back into action. So, in addition to personal development, always look for a way to serve, because the more you serve, the greater impact you make and the faster you transform. And that's probably why Gandhi once said, the best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. So guy, I really loved listening to your stories and insights so far. Based on that, have you found your life's calling? And if yes, what is the life's purpose at this point?
2: Yes, uh, the, the short answer is I, I found my life's calling when I was 12 years old. Mm-hmm. But the, the longer answer is that, taking Mr. Gandhi's statement, the best way to win is to lose yourself in service of others. We have to understand that the first service to others is to allow what is divine within us to lead our life for us. The way that happens is by being in service to the awareness that we have within us of what does not serve us. Mm-hmm. Fear does not serve us save as a reminder of who and what we cannot be and follow. Anger does not serve us save to show us when it appears what is self-compromising and a contradiction in our wish to be kind. Everything that is stirred in us is stirred for the purpose of revelation. It is being present to the revelations of our nature by being in service to the life that reveals these things to us that changes our nature from the inside out. As we agree to make those changes, to be integrated by what we're shown about ourselves, then we lose ourselves in order to gain ourselves and then the whole world grows.
1: Mm -hmm. So looking back now, was there ever a special moment beyond which you were pretty confident that your life was about to change? Take us back to that very moment.
2: I want to do something broader than that, AJ. We all have a false mindset that we are struggling to be successful so that in one way or another, we we can finally find a life without disturbance in it. Life is a disturbance. There's no creation without a disturbance. There's no transcendence without limitation. So that the mindset of trying to become someone who is forever safe and secure belongs to a part of ourself that is forever afraid and insecure. When we realize that every moment of our life provides us with an opportunity to have revealed to us A part of ourself that no longer serves our growth is the same as losing interest in that part of ourself, dying to that part of ourself, and allowing something to be born in us through the very disturbance that we would ordinarily avoid. Resistance cannot learn. Write it down, listeners. Resistance can never learn because resistance to a moment separates us from the lesson that moment has brought us to gain.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. So thanks a lot for those thoughts. And with that, we have arrived at my favorite portion of the show, the wisdom round. And our listeners know that this rapid fire round contains just four questions. So are you ready? (laughs) As best I can be. Great. So looking back at your life, what is the best advice that someone's ever given you? Listen to others as
2: carefully as you can, but keep your own counsel as to the path that you take.
1: What is that one personal habit that you'd like to recommend for our listeners?
2: Never start your day without remembering that the purpose of your life on this planet is to discover yourself and not to prove yourself.
1: Beautiful. What do you do during the first two hours of your day? What's your morning ritual like?
2: When I'm not traveling, and even then, the first two hours of my morning are always spent In some form of meditation, followed by some kind of contemplation, and then some kind of creative writing.
1: So, guy, what is the most inspiring book that you've ever read and that you would definitely like to recommend for our listeners?
2: Oh, gee, AJ, I knew the question. It's just, it is the toughest question in the world to me. (laughs) We are so blessed, those of us that love what is true to follow in the footsteps of men and women through the ages who putting their love of what is true first, blazed a a pathway to something that can be found only within ourselves and through their work and encouragement have made it possible for us to grow, if not into that life immediately, at least into the faith that it was possible for us to be free and kind human beings. I guess my favorite book, I think, and I'm not sure, honest to God, I'm sorry, of The Wind and the... Uh, but it was something like The Wind and the Lion by Rumi. I think that that was my favorite book.
1: Perfect. Overall. We'll have that up in the show notes. And Action Tribe to access today's show notes, visit my 7 com slash 99. That's my dot com slash 99. So, guy, it's been awesome today. Before you go, tell us one thing that you're really... Grateful for, and tell us the best way we can find you online.
2: I am grateful beyond words for the realization that life is more than any thought or feeling will ever be able to imagine, and that it is possible for a man or a woman who begins to see that to enter into a more celestial realm of their own being where thoughts and feelings serve them, but where that individual serves what is celestial as the true fulfillment of the purpose of his or her existence. And as far as where people can find out, my foundation is giving away a free audio album called Seven Steps to Oneness. I believe it's five or six hours that you can download. And you go to www.guyfindley.com Is it it .org uh, slash chakras? It is. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) AJ. No worries. (laughs) Like I told you, I'm just not good at this part. www.guyfinley.org slash chakras, and you'll receive a free audio album called Seven Steps to Oneness.
1: So there you go, Action Takers. If you want your bonus, you have listened so far. That means you're definitely interested, excited and enthused to change your life. So to claim your bonus, go to www.guyfinley.org slash chakras and we'll have this link in the show notes as well so that you can take your journey to the next step. It's all free. It's a bonus for you, especially since you listen to this audio and we'll have the link in the show notes. So Action Tribe, before we end today's episode, don't forget to download your free gift, which I'm giving you 27 of the most inspirational quotes on air, sealed and ready to send you straight to your inbox. So we'll have this link as well, which is my7chakras.com slash download so today's episode you're getting so many downloads so many bonuses all just for you the main reason for having the show so that you can start your human revolution ASAP so guy thank you so much for coming on our show talking to us about the power of our immortal self and taking us one step closer to a human revolution
2: you're very welcome AJ it was a pleasure and uh I wish you uh the very best in every meaning of the word my seven chakras go to my s-e-v-e-n chakras.com. download your free gift get inspired and take action transform your life today